I have to tell you guys. So I don't know if you heard my water bottle tip over and like crash and make a really loud noise. No. I was going to smash the biggest bug that I have ever seen inside. Like we just moved into this brand new house and like this giant ant looking thing was walking across the floor and I was going to smash that thing. But then when I knocked my water bottle over, I think it scared it and it dashed under the, under the wall again. So I don't know in my house now is some crazy ass bug. Is it actually big or just a big ant? No, I think, no. I mean, it was probably an inch and a half long. A cockroach or like it looked, a, a it looked like a queen, like I thought it was like a queen ant or something for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a rat, man. Is <laughs> <laughs> a mouse? Is a mouse? A little like little like antenna on is like hiding. Welcome to episode 10 of Podcast X. We actually decided we, you know, like held ourselves to it. We did 10 episodes. Some people didn't think we'd last that long, but here we are. Uh, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Keys. Yeah, I'm here reporting live from Comic-Con from, from Canada. How's it going? <laughs> it's, good. it's great. Is it Toronto Comic-Con this week? Yeah, that's the best I can do this year. Yeah. Uh, and we are joined by a special guest, Kofi Outlaw. I'm getting ready to go to real Comic-Con, so this is an interesting preview of what I will be doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're the special guest. That's it. Um, And I am Ben Kendrick. I don't think I said that at the top of the show. So this week, we're going to be talking about the revelations that came out of Miss Marvel's finale episode, and then we're going to preview Comic-Con 2022 officially. Last week, we kind of talked a little bit off the cuff about some things that we were excited about, but we'll, we'll be a little bit more structured this time. Probably slide into some fun tangents, but uh, but be talking about what we're excited to see, what we're hoping to see, um, what we think they need to do to get Comic-Con back to its sort of former glory back in the days when we were there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, Mr. Rob Keys, I'm going to throw over to you because you are uh, my co-host and a mutant <laughs> and a mutant expert and a mutant yourself. So... Let's talk a little bit about what was so special about this Miss Marvel finale and what it means for the future of the MCU. We're not going to review it or anything. We know it's been a We're week. Not? But okay. Okay. Well, I mean, you can give your you can give some thoughts or whatever, but it's been a week. I think the more interesting thing is what does this mean for the MCU? Okay, I, I'm going to tell you my thoughts anyways. Um, <laughs> cuz it because it needs to be said. Miss Marvel uh, is the best Marvel Disney Plus show so far. So, I want to recognize that because we've talked about this a few times about uh, Ooh, we're going in already. Right, we got, oh, it's got to be said, Kobe. You and I had a great chat about this on your own show, the also great, uh, you know, uh, Comic Book Nation podcast, and, and uh, maybe two shows yeah, ago we talked right. about the Disney Plus Marvel show. So I just want to say because to me, all these shows and my problem with all of them on Disney Plus is that they keep coming out uh, from a re- review score perspective as sixes and sevens. Like they're always good enough. They have something cool and something really weak about it, right? But this one to me is the best one, and I want to recognize that. Um, and right off the bat, the first two episodes, I, I knew that because they shot it in real places with, and it, with a, a tons of heart and a, and a great cast and an amazing undiscovered lead who is going to be a huge part of the future and exciting and awesome part of the future of the MCU. Um, but this show was worth our attention. And, and, and you know, of course, and I say that as a, a broader audience, not just us who are in the in the industry. But um, uh, that being said, and this leads to your original thought, Ben. Um, I will say, like in the episode, this is a six-episode series. It's, it's pretty short. Um, in episodes four and five, they get they play pretty fast and loose by pulling in uh, way too much lore from Marvel Comics and too many ideas, and they don't really spend enough time on any of them. Um, but it leads to this big reveal at the end. We'll get to in a second. But um, before we get to that, I just want to say, like, I, I did the one thing I did not like about this show is just that um, I think they nailed the cast, they nailed the heart. There's some really exciting setup for the future. Um, but man, when you get to episodes three, four, and five, the middle there, they they throw in these the the Jin who are these clandestines, interdimensional beings or something. And it's kind of unclear what 
their motivation is versus the dangers their dimension presents. And then there's an episode about time travel. There's a cosmic artifact. There's the Inhumans. Just kidding. It's not the Inhumans. It just it goes all over the place. Um, but yes, the uh, not to bury the lead, but the big thing at the end, of course, is this tease that uh, Kamala Khan has a, a mutation which allows her to take advantage of this, I guess, cosmic artifact, which gives her all these powers, which were greatly used um, to a visual spectacle in the final episode. I know there's a lot of uh, hesitation from some fans going into this about how they were changing her power set from being like stretchy and, and being able to go gigantic, like Reed Richards, a la Fantastic Four. But instead, they gave her more energetic powers. And Ben, I think you brought this up yourself, actually, in one of the earlier episodes of Podcast X yeah. about whether that would work or not. And I, and I, I explained the reasoning, of course, was to make it more energy focused and to tie it into the to the Marvels and the Captain Marvel future. And you can very clearly see why in the end. And I actually think it worked out. I think visually, this, this energy was much more interesting to see than a stretchy arm or a fist, which would probably play very goofy. Um, but as a show in the MCU, this one actually did something different from a style and tone, and even targeting a different audience. It definitely plays for a younger like teen audience, and it works. And and they have, there's so much style in the show, man. Like from the, seeing the art on the on the walls as she's walking down the street and it's animated to the cinematography, they actually moved cameras in a unique way on a real set on the show, and that alone deserves recognition. Um, but uh, as goofy and on paper as wild as the final episode was, and some people don't like it, I think it was really really fun and plays to its audience and its themes. So um, I think we lost Kofi, by the way, but that's okay. He would agree with me on everything I said, I'm sure. Yeah, I was just looking at his his thing just switched to offline. So yeah, I just um, got text from him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I re- I I think when you know the show initially came out, I I said that I thought it was my favorite Marvel uh, like Disney Plus show. I I still really love Loki. I think Loki is probably for me the show that kind of got the most must see TV kind of you know, vibes. Um, but I will say that I, I really, really love this one. I think, you know, the characters and the story that it tells, I was much more engaged with, um, than I was more interested in like what was happening on Loki. Whereas this, I was much more interested in what is actually going to happen with this character and agreed everything. So I care yeah. more about this. Than That's a good way to put it. Cause from like the larger, uh, the issues the characters are facing or, or the antagonist faction, whatever it is. I, I almost didn't care about that because it was so goofy, but the characters themselves and the family and the friends in school were so awesome. I was just there for the journey of them. And I was so interested and invested in what they were going to do, even though most of that cast, thankfully, which is normal people, which is awesome and refreshing to see. So, yeah. um, Kofi, I know you dropped there for a second, but if you can hear us, I, I basically just kind of talked about my only issue with Miss Marvel is how they kind of did a little too much uh, lore pulls from the, interdimensional stuff, the clandestine red daggers faction, damage control, the time travel, the cosmic artifact, the, and then I made a joke about the inhumans. Um, but we haven't talked about the mutation element yet. So but before we do that, can you tell us what you thought of Miss Marvel? I mean, I think I agree. Miss Marvel is very good. And I think I've maintained the same thing. I said, it's the best Marvel lore, but like, or no, I'm sorry. The best character arc in story arc for a character but some of the weakest Marvel lore. And I, I think, again, you could have done this whole thing of just her discovering what the bangle was and what his powers were on her own, meeting other people like the Red Daggers, seeing some of the conflicts they're involved in, you know, on the peripheral, like she didn't know like who was attacking who or why, and still had the same effect of getting to the end point we got to, which, you know, full spoilers with the whole body switching places with carol Danvers, we could still got into that as a setup for the marvels so i think you know it's kind of a weird mix because at once like they pulled from the comics so well to do her family in the jersey city world she lives in in the mosque and everything and all these elements they even improved on from the comics uh but you know the superhero-ness of it all was kind of the weakest but then I think that's the common ground for phase four altogether so far, which is like a lot of great character stories, really kind of not great Marvel lore or Marvel kind of story arcs anymore. Um, so, I mean, uh, Miss Marvel was an unexpected surprise with how much I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know if it's now my favorite Disney plus series. I don't know if I can go with that with Rob on that. 
Which one? So which would you say was your favorite then? <sighs> I mean, WandaVision is still really much up there for me. Yeah. Um, and Moon Knight was, I, I man, I, I guess it's a bad sign, but I like the ones that deal with people and their mental health and reality <laughs> and lack of and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. I really, I was telling Rob, I really liked Loki. Like Loki almost became kind of appointment television for me. Not because I really cared all that much about what like Loki was going through, but it was just so interesting to me, like all the, you know, all the time stuff. And like well, that. Back then you thought that like the multiverse would be a good story thing and it was going to be very exciting and well orchestrated. <laughs> That's true. At the time it had the biggest implications for the MCU. At least we thought, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but... You're right. I mean, WandaVision and Moon Knight had great character stories. I, you know what I really loved about Ms. Marvel? And then, you know, we can talk a little bit more about its implications. But I said we weren't going to review it, but I guess we are kind of reviewing it. But I, you mentioned, Rob, how like, you know, walking down the street, you would see these kind of animations of her sort of imagination and stuff with the things that she's thinking about or doing or sort of reacting to. And I, I think this show, more than almost any Marvel property, to date just like puts you so firmly in the character's head. And it's such a fun and just like sort of joyful, like wonderful little place to spend 30 minutes, even though, I mean, she's going through some bad stuff. Some of the time it's, you know, the, it's, she is such an optimistic character and so kind of light on her feet that it's so fun being in her head and sort of seeing the world through her eyes. And I think this show more than most shows, not even just Marvel shows, succeeds in doing that i think you're really really immersed in kamala's perspective on everything um and i i really dug that i thought that was pretty pretty successful um but i think you know you talked about her powers too earlier like i was i ultimately i think i was okay with the fact that you know they changed her powers there are things that she could do in the comics that i i don't know how they translate that to look guys she said in biggins like everybody should be happy (laughs) yeah that's it yeah fair but I, I thought it worked okay. I thought it actually, I thought it did work okay. Um, well, I think it depends on the Marvels. I mean, I think this could, I mean, I think we'll all be looking back in a different perspective if, and people have been posting this on social media, it's like, will the Marvels bring together the powers of these three women and, and what kind of spectacular visual effects display will that be with Photon, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel's powers combined? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, okay, well, so, Rob, do you want to kind of unpack the larger implications here for the MCU with the mutant comment? Well... Like, does this mean... Like, is this... I mean, you know, Marvel has done things like this kind of before. Yeah. You're getting a lot of mileage out of that music, man. It's the pin drop. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that added to Disney Plus, and they were like, we getting every red cent out of it. <laughs> yeah, including a follow-up series named after the year the next season yeah. would have come out. X-Men 97, baby. Uh, check out the Marvel Animation panel at Comic-Con. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we talked about the powers being changed, but the bigger change is the big reveal, the tease at the end of the show is, of course, um, Kamala's friend telling her that her something's different about her genetics. She has a mutation. And then cue the music. So, Despite seeing our boy Anton Mount's Black Bolt get his mouth sewed shut in Doctor Strange 2, um, in this universe, Kamala is going to be a mutant. And the, the first, first MCU mutant. First MCU mutant on yeah, screen. Guys, not necessarily the first MCU mutant. That she's not an inhuman. I know, I know Ben probably is. I know Ben's <laughs> mad as fuck that she's not an inhuman. Yeah, I was, I was really upset. Yeah. How's she going to meet all those wonderful characters from the ABC <laughs> IMAX series, right? Okay. So, yeah, that, that's the big thing. So, so this is the first of that. And this goes back – funny, we're talking about Comic-Con and we're going to be previewing 2022. But the last Comic-Con in 2019, at the very end of this very large panel where there were a lot of announcements and showcases and teases of future projects, keep in mind that was the year they were first talking about – the Disney Plus programming. So it had a whole slate. And by now, all of that has come out with a few exceptions. We have not seen Fantastic Four. Any teased, there's more news to come, including the mutants. Um, that's the words Kevin Feige chose to use. And now we have mutants in not just the MCU, but this specific 626 universe within the MCU. So 
what that means for the Marvels, which is going to be Miss Marvel's next appearance, uh, probably isn't as relevant as to what it means for what, when and whatever Feige and the crew want to do with the X-Men and their introduction, right? So, uh, and potentially, and this could absolutely change as well, knowing what we just saw, but Namor is the first mutant in the comics, and, and Namor is very likely going to be a character in Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, the next film on the slate. So uh, maybe that's the first mutant, and there's a connection there. Who knows? So uh, I guess the question, the question is to throw it back to you. This is is this Kevin Feige kind of saying, getting what he the rumor, you know, his rumored wish that he doesn't want the Inhumans uh, in his main universe. Uh, and what do you think about? Kamala being a mutant, does that mean she's going to R.I.P. in humans? Right. I went yeah. to that IMAX screening. I can't <laughs> believe this is where we ended up. But uh, no, I mean, look, man, we all were there and we were doing the last podcast when I was working at, you know, Screen Ram and the other site. Well, well, I mean, Screen Ram would be the other site. Tonight's drink is a tequila gimlet. It's a perfect time to say. but um, <laughs> A little stronger than usual, yeah. Yeah, tequila gimlet, folks. But um, yeah, but in all seriousness, when uh, when we were all doing that, I remember we had we hit that wall where Marvel started screwing mutants just to keep their sales down and their merch down because they were oh, not yeah. part of the MCU and they didn't want to help Fox out. It was all dirty politics. And Disney was like, fuck you. And Fox was like, fuck you. We don't need you. We can run an old X-Men Fantastic Four universe. We'll have crossovers. And that shit <laughs> failed. And then Disney was like, I drink your milkshake. And they just absorbed those fuckers. And now, like, it's the reverse case, right? Like, now you've pushed all this inhuman bullshit. Nobody went for it in the comics. Like, nobody was ever going to go for it on the live action screen. Because the inhumans... I mean, it, it's one thing. Like, I mean, it's saying something when you're more bur- boring than the fucking Eternals, right? Like when you're the low <laughs> man on the totem pole of like mutants, like Eternals, and uh, which we call it, uh, Inhumans. Like, yeah, yeah, that's just fucking that's low, man. Like, you, you're, and Inhumans <laughs> have never been interesting. Like, we've tried, we've tried so many ways. The the most interesting thing you can do with the Inhumans is write some Shakespearean family drama, and that's about yeah. it. No, I mean, Black Bolt's interesting as a character. That's pretty much where it ends. Like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing. There's, I mean, Anson Mount got some redemption by blowing up his own head, um, which is probably <laughs> how he felt the entire time doing a ter- uh, that Inhuman show. But, uh, yeah, they're, we're never going back to Inhumans. Like, that shit's done. And take your goddamn Terrigen misc with you. Fuck that shit. Yeah, it, it's it's goofy as shit, and uh, yeah, the way that Marvel Comics kind of forced it on everybody at the same time, Feige, it was pretty obvious that he wanted nothing to do with it, and it was the first one dropped off the official slate to go to this ABC. So Marvel TV picked it up, and for some reason, put the guy who did Iron Fist in charge of it. Um, yeah, uh, but do you know what what really killed uh, the Inhumans is to bring it back to Comic Con. Uh, if you remember this, <laughs> at the Marvel booth, they unveiled like this Lockjaw statue. Oh God, I remember. We, dude, yeah, I remember yeah, you remember that. And it was like this yeah. goofy ass, shitty, like oversized kids toy. It wasn't even like a detailed that statue so or maquette or anything. It was just absolute garbage. It was one of the cringiest things I've ever seen in Comic Con history. And I think you know. Also, what is Lockjaw? This giant fucking mustache dog. I don't even understand it. But um. that uh, that Inhumans Lockjaw reveal, I specifically remember was when Facebook Live debuted, and me and Andrew Dice and a couple other people from Screen Ram when we were covering Comic Con loaded up Facebook Live for that reveal because we were, you know, we were they were like hyping it up and everything, and it made me it just set our like Facebook Live experience off on a really really bad foot because <laughs> we were just making fun of it the entire time. <laughs> And I, I mean, I don't think we did a Facebook Live ever again after that. No, we um, haven't. That's so why <laughs> so you don't bad. do that shit. Because yeah, it looked like a pound <laughs> puppy, dude. I, like yeah, when we were kids, we had like pound puppies, right? It was like a giant pound puppy, Jesus. like textureless. Look, man, I went to the IMAX premiere first night, first screening <laughs> of Inhumans. It was me and two other guys in that theater in an IMAX <laughs> theater. It was. It, I thought they were going to possibly have their way with me and kill me. Like I was just like, this is where I'm going to die in the goddamn IMAX theater watching this terrible Medusa wig. 
Like, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, man. Inhuman. So, anyway, yeah, man. Fuck that. So, mutants all the way. Just hit us with that M word over and over again. Like, you know, yeah. One of my, I was not on Comic Book Nation this week. I had to do something. And shout out to Charlie Ridgely for saying the M word over and over again that it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, please stop saying the M word. I had to text that into the show. But, uh, yeah, drop the M M word on us over and over again. Like, yeah, we just want to hear mutants. Just stop. Stop with the Eternals. Stop with the fucking Inhumans. Just give us mutants, 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 mutants. We can understand that. They they are going to have to do some wild course correction because they've they've still not, despite Thanos and all that, and the Guardians, of course, they've not really done much with the cosmic side. And Captain Marvel was a chance to really explore the Kree and all that stuff, and they immediately abandoned that, came to Earth in the, in the 90s, right? Yeah. But like one part that is kind of interesting about the Inhumans is that their connection to the Kree. They are like these bioengineered weapons to to, to, to use in the Kree Skrull War. But they've kind of inverted that because so far the Skrulls have been kind of the good guys in the MCU, like Ben Mendelsohn's character and such. And then the other ones the Kree are the bad guys. So they're kind of doing it all reverse there. And if the Eternals kind of blew it on the celestial front uh, and Thor four gave us a weird tease of eternity. Like they're going to have some tough time stringing this together and making something compelling. I guess it really depends on what the Marvels and guardians three are going to do. We also don't know. I mean, there's only been a brief mention of like the old gods now that Zeus is all pissed off and like all this different levels of gods and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, but in the end, I really think they'll explain it as well as Marvel comics does, which is to say, fuck all. You know, that's the sad reality of it. Yeah. But I do have a question though, cause this is, you know, we met a version of the Illuminati in Dr. Strange two that I would hope is a part of the future of, of this universe as well. And, and Black Bolt was a key part of that. So, uh, what does an, our version of the Illuminati look like? Do you think? I mean, Namor and Xavier, I mean, Namor instead of Black Bolt, <laughs> pretty much Dr. Doom. Yeah, we don't have Iron Man anymore. There's no Beast yet. Uh, there's no. no Reed yet. It's such a weird thing, right? There's versions of them, right? But Oh, yeah. There's different versions. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, there's some that are more, like, kind of villainous sometimes. Like, you know, yeah. you have to do that. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could do with that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you need to, if, as long as you have Doom on there, you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah one of our either, writers, so uh, Adam Barnhart, actually did a thing that went viral a uh, good side by side, and he's not the only one. People have said Gian, Giancarlo Esposito for Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom. Yeah, Dude, he, he's been fan cast as Magneto and Xavier as well. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to, everybody wants to do everything. So I mean, if you've yeah. been watching, and if you saw that last episode of Better Call Saul, you know why, man. He still has not lost it. Man. He's a legend for sure. God, that show's great. Anyway. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about who's going to dress up in tights and fight on wires <laughs> next. So, right. uh, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind yeah, of a I, thing, but I mean, I mean, obviously, nothing in Marvel happens by accident. So we're name dropping mutants as as or just mutation, as Rob pointed out in Miss Marvel. We got SDCC coming up, then uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is coming out in the fall in will most likely delve in, even if Namor's not like, and if it's not obviously going to be a major focus of the story. If Namor's in it, it'll be just about Namor, Atlantis, you know, their conflict. But I'm sure by the end, we'll get some kind of mention of, you know, him being a mutant. And I'm sure by SDCC, this is all a tee up for, you know, getting public announcements about what the fuck is going to happen with the X-Men which is all Marvel has to do. And maybe this is a good segue into our next conversation. What Marvel has to do at San Diego Comic-Con. What does Marvel have to do at San Diego Comic-Con, guys? Get back its clout because phase four sucks. (laughs) Do you feel so? Yeah. I mean, do we No, stop, stop. This is podcast X motherfucker. Like this isn't, (laughs) this isn't the other podcast. Like, let's be real. This is what we did the first time. I'm keeping it real because it's the only place I can't write about this anywhere. I can't say <laughs> this anywhere, but I'm going to say it here. Marvel Phase 4 sucks. Like, this is no longer the juggernaut in entertainment. Top Gun is better than this shit. Like, you know, like, 
Phase four has been so, I mean, weak. It lost a lot of luster. And I don't know if it's just because shit got real since Endgame came out and we had to go through 2020 and, and pandemics and all that shit. But like, or just because of the pandemic and the visual effects and the fractured ability to put these together during that time. But it's been weak. I mean, come on. Like, it's been weak. Like, let's just go, let's go back through it. All right. Black Widow. You know, people are just still kind of rolling their eyes at that. And I enjoyed that the first time I watched that. I actually enjoyed it. I hadn't seen a Marvel movie in a long ass fucking time. I was happy to have it. I was happy to see it. Florence Pugh is a treasure. But, uh, you know, I haven't been one to rewatch that because I don't want to even taint that experience. Um, But people are not happy with it. Uh, You know, Shang-Chi is probably the exception. And, you know, even some of that. You know, the dragon riding gets strained, but like, I mean, that was the most complete epic feeling movie we got. And even Amon Vellani says that that's the best phase four she's seen. Then we got Eternals. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. Spider Man No Way Home was a good uniter to get us back in the theater. No doubt about that. But everybody upon rewatch keeps saying, yeah, it's kind of weak sauce too. Doctor Strange 2, oof, divisive, no real multiverse of madness to speak of. And uh, Thor Love and Thunder was all right, but like, all right, you know what I mean? So like, it's all been entertaining and it's good and it's helping us climb back from the pandemic. But like, that's not the standard we were used to for Marvel. And like, yeah, yeah, everything was just like an epic experience. I don't feel like there's even that much hype or luster the same way going into opening weekends for these movies. Like, I don't know. It's just Marvel Twitter feels smaller and smaller. But um, so that brings us to the positive. So what does Marvel have to do? Well, we all were there and, you know, we were up on the rooftops partying with Zack Snyder and Daughtry and doing all this crazy shit when Marvel oh first God. came up and <laughs> smashed it on Hall H with that 2000 Comic Con 2009 reference actually. <laughs> yeah, I know that was 2009 I'm melding years yeah. but like but we were that's that was our lifestyle when Marvel first got together and like did the 2010 shutdown where they first really just claimed that fa- that a uh, Hall H spot right on Saturday had all the Avengers cast get together for the first time and gather on stage and said we're making a movie kids. And did that. So they need to get back to that because they it's an interesting year to do that, because I'm wondering how much of this year is Comic-Con calling in favors for post pandemic recovery and how much it is Marvel saying, yeah, you called. Ooh, but we were kind of waiting by the phone because we need we need to hype something like we got to get this thing back on the rails and like hype this up again the right way. Right. Like we've been, you know, Marvel was beating its chest for a lot of years. They're like, we don't need shit. We'll just do our own showcase or go to D23. But uh, there was nothing the same quite like those Hall H shutdowns, right? There's nothing like that. So they need to capture that magic back and get it. I mean, and the magic of the Hall H thing for Marvel was not just getting people in the theaters to see whatever film was next. But like getting people hyped for like the next five years of projects. And that's the thing they can do that DC can not fucking do, right? And nobody else can really do. Marvel's gonna say, Kevin Feige's gonna say, here's what we're doing over the next five years. And at the end of it in 2032 is gonna be fucking Secret Wars. And everybody's gonna be hyped now and getting ready for the fucking next 10 years of their life getting on a nordic track and shit i just pulled that out i don't even know if there's nordic track still but (laughs) people are gonna be like hitting the peloton just just to live till they can see secret wars you know what i mean and that's what they'll do they'll they'll by telling people the overall structure again they'll they'll get excitement behind every single one of these projects again in a way that's just not there right now yeah boy uh it's gonna be a weird one because like 2019 this is a year where they have D23 as well, of course. And initially, some people were reporting that they're skipping Comic-Con because they have D23. And Disney laughed that off because that's what happened in 2019 as well. But the difference being is like they had a ton of things to announce that were kind of new. And now we're catching up. All that stuff has come out, again, minus Fantastic Four and that Mutants tease. Oh, and I guess Blade as well because that was the year, of course, where at the very end, Mahershala came out with his own hat to tease Blade. So – um, Blade was supposed to start shooting this month, but it got pushed to later this year. So, uh, if they, I don't know what they would do with Blade other than announce a date, maybe because they've they have not started shooting it yet. But it's uh, 
they do have D23. I would expect they'll save some Disney Plus stuff for that because it's a very Disney-centric thing. And maybe because Miss Marvel was a Blade, they could do these. the daughter thing if that's going to be the route they go. They could. They could They could show the cast and date. That would be nice. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Shang-Chi. They came out and just had the – they had nothing, right? They didn't show any art or anything. They just had Daniel uh, Dustin Cretton. Is that his name? He, the director come out and he, they, mm-hmm. they announced uh, Simu was playing um, Shang-Chi. So that was kind of a big enough thing then. But this is a weird year because of the – we've already gotten past a lot of that and there's already a bunch of stuff in the can. So She-Hulk comes out in a month. So that will be there for sure. It'll tease the next big thing. Um, Secret Invasion is shooting or done shooting, I think. That's next or coming out next year. So, you know, that that will be there, I would expect. But on the movie front, it's very weird because, you know, Black Panther 2 or Wakanda Forever comes out this fall and we haven't seen a single thing for it. So like this is the time to drop footage or a teaser and bring out the whole cast and introduce uh, Dominique, who plays Ironheart, who's getting her own series as well. So there's a lot of big things you have to do there, obviously. And after that, there's two other films that are completely shot already. Like, we don't talk about it, but like Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania or whatever it's called, like, that's finished shooting last year, like in November. It's been done for three quarters of a year. So like 100% they're going to show that, right? And then Guardians 3, same thing. The film that was initially supposed to come out before Eternals, that's been done a while. So I would expect, and this is a big send-off for some of those cast members and maybe James Gunn. So that'll be there for sure. So three big movies, 100%. She-Hulk, 100%. Um, but if they're doing like big casts and footage and teasers, like it doesn't leave much room for an, a 45 minute or an hour panel. So like, I'm very curious if we end it and, and Feige does his thing where he's like, I got one more announcement plus another announcement. And they finally confirm at the very least dates. Cause they still have three, at least officially dated untitled Marvel films. And you can assume like blade fantastic four, two of them. Um, uh, so I would like, something like that because like Kofi said you have to have a splash you can't just say here's all the stuff you already know about a bunch of cast members you mostly already know right there has to be some kind of newness and excitement factor even if they're saving a lot for d23 so uh, i would expect all those things and then um the other weird one which may be more of a d23 thing is the werewolf by night which i was about I to oh i was gonna fuck you i was gonna drop a <laughs> werewolf by night joke i was like but where will werewolf by night be oh i'm sorry i ruined it um she texted me um no but yeah that's what in with that <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to come as Halloween and, you know, rumors be rumors, but you know, there's always talk about like blades going to be in that, maybe even moon Knight or something. And that's going to be a Halloween special. So that I, I would expect that maybe that's more of a oh, 23 thing. Well, that would have backfired because that sounds actually serious. I was just going to make a joke because I didn't think it was going to be that serious. <laughs> I'm just gonna oh. <laughs> but where, where will Blade Knight be? Like, <laughs> maybe hanging out with blade and moon Knight shit. Oh yeah. Um, which is, Maybe their schedule's a little off because Blade hasn't shot yet. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they don't have much room to do announcements. And that's, again, at the end, they just show title cards. And it, like everyone fucking loves the photo op of the timeline, right? The end of phase four or the beginning of phase five. And they had that big, beautiful picture with all the logos and stuff. That's what they should do in an ideal world at the very end. Just be like, hey, here's the things you know about. Blade's coming here. Fantastic Four has a director here. Thunderbolts, which now has a director and writer, like is coming here. Captain America 4 has a director, a star, and a writer. They should be dating those things. Um, and if not here, of course, they're all saving it for D23. But at the very least, we're going to get those big casts and some footage finally for those three big movies. So, but, so, let's um, say, so let's say that they're like building up to Secret Wars, right? Because they have to – the other thing they have to do is they have to like show us like where this is all headed, I think. I think that is kind of what Marvel has to do because, you know, Kofi said it. Like Phase 4 has been not great in a lot of ways. It, it, you know, Endgame was such an amazing – pulling together of all these movies and it was this emotional kind of climax and all these characters going together. And it's difficult to top something like that. It's not, you know, we sort of expected phase four to be kind of a reset of the deck, but I think we did expect them to be like building things out a bit more in the yeah. same way that even phase one kind of built things towards, towards end game. And it's, it's hard to see like what they're doing in phase four, except like kind of blowing out the universe. Like they're creating a lot more characters they're doing a lot of movies with a lot of different styles and a lot of different like like ethnic actors and different things like that. Like they're expanding the base significantly. Here's phase four in a nutshell. Wanda's crazy as fuck. Doctor Strange is bad at his job. Thor <laughs> is going to need more therapy. 
Shang-Chi's, Shang-Chi's kicks like, ass. Peter 3 should be the best Peter, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> but and it's like... The, uh, but they, yeah, I mean, so I think they, like, they have to show, okay, so now that we've kind of done this reset and we're talking multiverses and things like that, we are building towards Secret Wars. But I don't even know if Secret Wars, Secret Wars is like, is it an Avengers level thing or is it an Avengers Endgame level thing? Like, what are they building towards? It's, with? An, it's, a, it's an entire Marvel reality level thing. thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a Marvel it's multiverse it. level thing. So you would it's call the it like ultimate picking and choose. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's it's beyond because it's beyond Endgame. It's like Endgame was the culmination of the entire franchise. This is like Spider-Man No Way Home on crack. Like you just start pulling shit. You know what's and you know credit where credit is due. What it's going to be most like is what Arrowverse did with Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? <laughs> Where they just yeah. started having those awesome cameos from all the different franchises of DC properties, like forever, like that's yeah. what Secret Wars will will be. It'll be some crazy I, shit pulled from like all kinds of stuff where you I don't just, know who could show up. It just doesn't so, like excite me though. I mean, I know that should excite me, but it doesn't excite me because like that's kind of what I sort of expected multiverse of madness to be right so it's like you have to get there though so like for context like like, there's two secret wars right there's the original ones which is like the rousseau brothers favorite comic of all time they've been talking about secret wars for five years right there's the the more modern secret wars that the hickman avengers new avengers and fantastic four runs all led to which is like to put it in context it was like three avengers teams basically two illuminati teams hero teams from other universes where you got like hyperion who's like marvel superman all this kind of stuff plus which led to like the new battle world where you have doom and multiple Thors and strange as a sheriff. It's, it's, it's crazy shit. Like Kofi was hinting at, but they, they have barely any of the seeds for that. Like, I mean, that, yeah, the Hickman one is fundamentally Namor. is y- y- you can't do that one because that was, I think they'll combine the two, but I don't want to take your thunder, but that one I have to say is people misunderstand because they think it's a cameo city or multiverse pick and choose, but it was fundamentally a Reed Richards versus Dr. Doom story. Like, and we have, like you said, none of the fucking seeds for that. Like that's yeah, it. So like the, 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 the real secret sauce of secret wars is like the buildup because he had multiple series all building towards it. And like, if you read, and I recommend this to everyone, the same way I recommend annihilation and annihilation conquest. If you're a fan of like the modern guardians and all this stuff and annihilus, but like read the Hickman Avengers, new Avengers run, because it's like, it's like them having the blueprint to build the newer, bigger Avengers. And it has like all these characters. Were st- well, some of the characters we're starting to see now in the MCU uh, characters who were not in the Avengers in the nineties and such. And it's amazing. Even Shang-Chi kind of leads one of the three teams. Like, it's it's wild. So they're kind of setting that up yet, but we don't even have Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four. Like, I, I feel like if they do it right, they don't rush it. Like, Fantastic Four needs to have multiple stories and develop this idea that there's an, an ultimate or an evil Reed Richards out there, which is such a, it's just an awesome, interesting character. And Doctor and, Doom is such a wonderful character. So it's not a character you introduce in a movie. In the next movie, he's like the biggest villain of all time. It's like, I feel like that deserves years right the same way iron man got yeah years no doom should be i mean we should find out that was latveria in moon knight we should have doom of course be an attack like the main focus of fantastic four even if it's something other than being like a direct villain we should also have uh doom show up in doctor strange 3 trying to get that dark dimension sorcery like we yeah. should have doom like everywhere that's it before and, and, like yeah and, and to go beyond that like i think secret wars is like the next end game of end games where you can bring back Chris Evans and Robert Downey for like the real send off because what secret wars allows when it leads to battle world and battle world for those who don't know, is like just a mixture of remnants from all these different dimensions. Like think of the whole multiverse combined into one world, right? You have an army of Thors. Dr. Strange is the master emperor of it all. Sorry. I mean, Dr. Doom is, um, it's craziness, but the end of that story is an actual proper reset where you can reboot within Canon with whatever's left and recasting whoever, and that allows them to keep the MCU formula kind of going forever. But to me, Ben, this is like Secret Wars is like over a decade away. You know what I mean? At best. So I said 2032. Oh, did you say that? Yeah, that's probably it. Write it down in your calendar. That's that's gotta be it. They have to it's I just feel like they have to they have to put us in a direction. And I feel like even if that's 10 years off, I'd almost rather they just say that and say, like, look, like in the next 10 years. We're going to be introducing you to villains and we're going to be introducing you to heroes that are going to play a major role in 
you know, the in Secret Wars. And if you think Thanos was a badass and, you know, was an emotionally interesting villain to to sort of follow through, just wait till you meet, you know, this character. And they'd say, you know, it's going to be Doom or it's going to be Evil Reed Richards or it's going to be whatever. Kang. Kang. Because yeah, remember, yeah. remember when we all were excited Kang was going to be here yesterday? <laughs> One of these days? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was... Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised though. Like I would think one big twist and nobody would see this coming and people would lose their fucking minds. And I almost want this to happen just to see so I could soak up and schadenfreude in the chaos is if they're like, look, here's what we're doing. One universe isn't enough. So we're going to tell a bunch of stories across different universes for the next couple of times. Like you're getting a miles Morales. That's it thing in another dimension. You know, they'll maybe they'll let Sony do some shit in there too. <laughs> Probably not. But um, but we're gonna do X Men. Yeah, that's coming. But it's gonna be in its own universe. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be its own X Men. And Fantastic Four is coming, but it's gonna be its own. You know, version of another universe. And we're gonna tell and explore all these different universes in versions of Marvel that we can get more imaginative with. And it's all going to culminate in secret wars where we, they don't say this of course, but the quiet part is where we pick and choose the shit that works and you like, and we make it all (laughs) into one new universe because this shit's getting stale. We've fucking backed ourselves into continuity corners. I'm tired of this fucking shit. Here's how we're going to do it. We're stealing DC's (laughs) idea and I'm going to do their shit better than they did. And then we're going to bring it all together in a big event that you're going to pay fucking $2 billion to see. And there you go. Yeah, That's, you're right. People would lose their fucking minds. It would be so the good. X-Men, the X-Men so in the other universe is something we said they were going to do like 10 years ago. And then they, they introduced mutants in our universe. And then they say, no, just kidding. They are in another <laughs> universe. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, I don't know. I feel like what Marvel has done is they've told us that, or they've set the precedent that everything is sort of building towards something. And right now it doesn't feel like it's building towards something. It just feels like it's a universe that's expanding and expanding and expanding. But it's starting to feel like some of these movies and some of these shows, like you don't really need to see them, you know, like you don't need to see like, I don't know. I don't want to pick on any of them because who, you know, then Marvel announced something that's going to make, you know, Moon Knight matter to the full MCU or something, you know, in, in phase four or phase five. Night fool. Yeah, right. But it, you know, it it does feel like some of these things don't aren't super necessary now. And like, it's hard, it's getting harder for me to tell my friends, you know, no, you need to go see Multiverse of Madness, because, you know, it's going to set up this thing. And that's going to really like, mean something to you or pay off like two years from now. It's like people are starting to kind of, at least out of my friends, you know, there's other movies out like that they'd rather see than whatever the latest Marvel movie was. And for a long time, they were all hooked on this. So I know that there are like listeners to the podcast and, you know, readers of screen Rant and comic book and everything that are diehard Marvel fans cannot imagine how that could be just one. All the Marvel oh, stuff. I'm we got a like, whole podcast. They can't even say anything bad about any of this. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, there's <laughs> less. <laughs> there's like, you know, when you're talking about the casual people that turn the Avengers into like billion dollar movies, they're not necessarily showing up to these things. And like the, you know, Thor is doing fine. Multiverse of Madness did fine. But, you know, I mean, these, these aren't like blowing it out the way they were in some of those movies like post or like pre Endgame were in the they- building. Yeah, they're doing too much without making it matter. And the problem when you say you kind of want them to announce a direction, but my fear is that if they say, hey, look, this is building towards this, which is building towards Secret Wars, that to me, that means we're going to rush, rush, rush to get there. And all these individual stories suffer. So it's like, it's a real tough balance. But at the same time, they've also taught us indirectly that some of this shit doesn't matter because they don't pay it off. We saw that with Mordo and Doctor Strange. Like they hijacked the sequel to give us this to me, kind of a half-assed multiverse, right? And Spider-Man, they hijacked the threequel to give us another multiverse story because, you know, nostalgia, member berries, you know, South Park. Yeah. But and that, it's cool. It was fun. But man, like maybe give us more Spider-Man story first and maybe some Miles Morales or something or, or make something out of, you know, this Venom thing. They keep bouncing around universes and post-credit scenes and it's embarrassing. 
and then uh, we got Morbius. So I mean, I don't even know what's going happening anymore. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's I don't know what they do. It, other than they have to kind of slow it down. It's it's weird because we're going from on Disney Plus, you go from character to character to character to character, and none of it connects at all uh, yet. Yeah. At least in the Disney Plus universe, right? And most of that hasn't paid off in the movies yet. But of course, we're getting Cap 4 and Thunderbolts, which pays off like half those shows. Werewolf by Night will tease some of that. Eternals is maybe the biggest fuck up because that's they have changed the world and almost destroyed it. And no one in the MCU has reacted to that yet. So it's like <laughs> they're already playing their own continuity, it feels like. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling compared to how we were five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I'm still enjoying all these things, but I, I don't know. I just, it's, it really felt like these things were appointment. You know, I was saying appointment television earlier when I was talking about Loki, but it's like this feels like the movies were kind of appointment movie going. And I mean, I get it. A pandemic happened too, you know. So like, I, I know there's some like other factors here, but the buzz and the way people talk about them and the way they people recommend these movies to to their friends. Like it, it just doesn't feel like that conversation is happening as much. Um, and I, I feel that with my own friends and I feel like my friends are a relatively good barometer for kind of what casual goers are. are into hey, this is funny. I just got a text from, uh, my friend, uh, and new school graduate slash former screen ran employee, Sule shock and all that said, Hey, Sule. Yeah, Sule. Shout out Sule. He said he has no idea what we're doing right now. Let me preface this. He has no idea what we're doing or what we're talking about. He sent me a text. I just now realized the Inhumans and the Eternals were different characters. Man, now the Eternals really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoops. He has no idea what we're talking about right now. Uh, To tell him that I was just like, hey, you and me are on the same vibe right now. See, that's why we're friends, because my man's like half a country away. And uh, that's my friend. And that's one of my best friends from grad school. Um, And he worked for Screen Rant for a little bit. But um, yeah, he he is half a country away and we are on the same vibe. We are both going in on how much the fucking Eternals and Inhumans suck. Um, Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Sule, shock and all. That's... uh, that's why we're friends, buddy. Um, yeah, that's hilarious, though. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the other biggies from Comic Con, or yeah, let's yeah, yeah, let's do it. yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, take it all, take it all. But I hope you know. I hope Rob, like, well, you know, you're not going to be there, so like, I don't, I don't want to blow. Uh, you I'm know, quarterbacking a lot of shit. No, I have to be gonna, online the whole time, unfortunately. It's not going to. You're not going to be able to be in there. But I'm hoping for like that. That Hall H. Like you know, you line up all the characters, and there's that electric excitement in the room for like big reveals and people joining this roster. And I don't know. I just I you know you're right. You know they could say this is what we're doing, and that would mean that they're maybe rushing it. But I I don't know. I want to feel like this. But you're right. At the same time, it does feel directionless, and it's like it's confusing. They're throwing so much in so many different shows, and half of it doesn't seem like it means anything. And it ends up yeah. in recent movies actually not meaning anything, right? So yeah. they got to fix that ASAP. But yeah, so yeah. so let's just move on a little bit just to kind of highlight some of the other – we're talking some movies at least with the Marvel panel. Uh, in terms of films, Warner Brothers, we kind of teed that up already. Uh, theatrical will be there. HBO Max will be as well with Game of Thrones. We can get to that in a sec. But Warner Brothers Theatrical will at the very least have the Shazam sequel and Black Adam. So those actors will be on stage together – finally um i don't know if we it sounds like we shouldn't expect any announcements from that one though unless you guys have any uh, speculation on that is uh is henry cavill and the rock gonna step on stage together and announce shazam the Superman? <laughs> like i uh i dude i'll say it i still love henry cavill i feel like the dcu did that guy dirty we said we were talking oh, about did. that in the context of the Ezra con- the Ezra oh he needs Miller an andrew con- that man's owed an Andrew. Uh, oh, I can't Garfield. believe it. Garfield style comeback. Yeah, at some point. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Is that? Um, I mean, that just like the most wasted. You know. Let's like, let uh, one thing we're not mentioning. I mean, you know, superhero stuff. Yeah, I don't know what DC is going to do. I mean, we're never going to. We we don't talk about Ezra. No, no. So we won't be talking <laughs> about that. 
<laughs> but uh, I think we should highlight fantasy because fantasy will be representing this year. That's a good organizing principle right there. Um, yeah. We're going to have uh, Dungeons and Dragons be making its big thing for the uh, excellent Paramount studio. So uh, Dungeons yep. and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, will be taking over Call H on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We are going to be doing... Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Friday in Hall H. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, yeah, I mean, those are two big fantasy things we're going to be getting this year. Fantasy's making a comeback into Blockbuster well, Entertainment. And, and Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, will be on, on Saturday. Saturday on Hall yeah. H. So every day, fantasy will be representing. I was building up. You guys don't know how to sell some sizzle, man. You gotta and let that. You gotta let that Mythic butter. Quest. Mythic Quest. Oh, see, I wasn't gonna do that because that's my shit. It. But yeah, no. Myth- oh, Mythic Quest is my shit. Rock McElhenney, uh, McElhenney. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. Sunny Creator. Mythic Quest is a great show. Um, a lot of more of you guys yeah. should do that. We're talking about little things we're happy about. Sunday is TV day. Yeah, what we do in the shadows is gonna be there, which you know that's my shit too. Um, also big is going to be, uh, Star Trek universe for Paramount. The Sandman will be making its big debut. That's a big one to look out for. Uh, Sandman, Netflix's adaptation of, uh, Neil Gaiman, Sandman, um, Aquaman. Oh, they are doing the, uh, oh, we're on the fence about whether Aquaman and the lost kingdom and the flash will show anything. I think they would be smart to skip the flash. Let's just not talk about that. Yeah. Um, what else is going on the TV front? Archer's still representing. Bob's Burgers is still representing. Tuca and Birdie. Yeah. And, and a uh, couple of Walking Dead shows. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to talk about those. Okay, well, here's a big that one. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is taking Hall H with Boom to to talk about Berserker. Berserker, yeah. Comic, but the yep. Netflix adaptation, yep. which is big, right? That so. is big. So yeah, Berserker. Um, um, yeah. Shit. Amazon, they have Wheel of Time, yeah. season two. We talked about fantasy, so that's another big one. Yeah, I saw that, but I just like, that's room 6A. Uh, <laughs> it is room 6A. Severance will be in Ballroom 20, which is uh, Apple's Severance in season two was a huge one. National Treasure is also making a comeback. We'll be in Ballroom 20. So those are all good things. Uh, I mean, those I are all come-ups. Um, yeah, but The Walking Dead will be in Hall H for hopefully the last time. Yeah, because I mean, is anybody still watching The Walking Dead? Anybody? Yeah, I've not. I'm years out. Yeah, same here. So, um, you mentioned Bottom 20 for All Mankind. Apple's bringing that as well. Um, love that show. Uh, oh, another weird, I'm not familiar with it, but I know some hype for it is Vampire Academy, which is from uh, is the Vampire Diaries writers or something like that? Some big writers like doing that. That's supposed to be a big panel, but. And there's Teen Wolf the movie as well, but I've never seen that show. Teen Wolf the movie is going to be a big one. So, I mean, they'll have plenty of love there. People, I remember Teen Wolf just owning Comic-Con every year. And they were fun. We saw a lot of that cast out at parties and stuff. Those are all all good people. Those are all good guys. Um, Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, so it's like Comic-Con's coming back, guys. Like, this is not so disappointing this year. No, it's a big year for sure. Is there any chance with, with DC that we get, like, Blue Beetle or Batwoman footage? So I mean, they just not they in Hall H, not in Hall H. So so they it's very separate the HBO Max thing versus WB theatrical. So like WB theatrical is Shazam, Black Adam, and maybe they tease Aquaman. I don't know. It sounds like yeah. they're not doing that, but maybe it'd be nice if they did. The but HBO thing, yeah. Max is focusing all on Game of Thrones. So there's been no talk about the. I'm not even sure it's decided yet what's going on with Blue Beetle and. Yeah, I was about uh, to say uh, Blue Beetle, no chance. But it depends entirely on what they've been decided to do about Batgirl internally. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's been, it's been quiet on that front because they're rolling the dice on that. I also don't yeah. know about continuity wise. Cause we know Michael Keaton's in that as well. If they can, if they can even do it before flash is kind of a question that's hanging in the air. I mean, because they've kind of implied yeah. that it's still coming out in 2022, but that's not definite. And so like, yeah. It's all kind of a, a like a thing about where does Batgirl fit in and, and what do they have in the can and what how confident do they feel in it? Are they going to do the HBO Max feature release or are they going to bump it up to theatrical? If they bump it up to theatrical release, we could see it during the panel. 
Like, I'm yeah. not sure like what they've done with that. You know, I know it was supposed to be this HBO Max exclusive, but a lot of stuff has been happening over at DC Warner Brothers, so I'm not sure. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. I mean, Batgirl was testing really well too, right? Like, I think yeah. when they were, uh, the early reactions are really, I think we're really positive. So, oh man, yeah, the it's gonna be. I feel like we've had this conversation three different times, but I just don't even know how you get how you get up on that stage when Ezra Miller is like holding people hostage, popping up like his, Michael fucking Myers. Yeah, they're Texas Dude, you see Ranch the thing or whatever. From the, you see the guy who saw him out in public? He was like a shopping. He was like a, a he was like a store clerk <laughs> or something. Yeah, and Ezra Miller <laughs> no. starts talking to me. He's like. I tell people all the time, that's what you just do. Knock you out, dude. Like, that's what you just do. Knock them out. <laughs> you guys like, oh, great. What? Yeah. It was like a TikTok that went viral. It's pretty oh wild. God. And it's just like him. And I just sent that around everybody. I was like, this dude, no, that's why I say this dude is seriously just popping up like Michael fucking Myers. He just like popped up on this dude in the story. He's like, oh my God, it's Ezra Miller. He's like, I, uh, I literally just cannot keep up with the Ezra Miller ongoings. It's like every two weeks is a Twitter trend and I just can't tell what's new and what's it's like, imagine you know. having to show up at Comic-Con knowing, you know, that you're going to promote these two movies. You had the flash and the sizzle reel and Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller has been off doing God knows what. <laughs> and you, I mean, and you just can't talk about that. I don't, I don't, yeah, we need I mean, to talk really about, we do, need to like, talk just, about Ezra guys. <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, oh, man, what a mess. Two hundred million dollar movie, and they, and and this Ezra plays multiple characters, and they can't even do a junket. It's it's like this uh, Fantastic Beast three shit all over again. They keep like casting all these problem people, and Bro, then you got the Amber Heard of it all with Aquaman sequel. Um, so yeah. it's all very tricky. Those two that Zack Snyder casting couch is fucking wild. Oh, dude. Hey, breaking news. You guys see what happened tonight from Rolling Stone? Re Zack Snyder. Yeah, so there's Anyone a bunch of like, bots were, the, were behind the social media push for the, for the Snyder it. cut and stuff. Warner Brothers, I mean, you know, this shit never ends, but Warner Brothers commissioned two internal, allegedly, uh, two internal investigations into like the social media of it all because there were like threats and weird happenings on social media regarding everything, you know. Uh, the Zack Snyder cut and then restore the Snyderverse. And like, you know, they, they confirm that there's a, a, an extraordinary amount of bots involved in all these trends, which we knew about that was confirmed. I think the rap reported on that for that Oscars, the flash yeah, I mean, sequence like, thing, who was of course, all this campaign, but real people. And, but some of the people that owned that <laughs> Snyder cut website, allegedly used to run a company that can like basically bought farm social media stuff. And yeah, it's, it's out of control, uh, but there's some quotes in there from Zack Snyder about, that are pretty intense. So it's like, does not look uh, good. Yeah, for the thing is, like, thing was gonna like bury people on social media if they didn't take their names yeah. off the movie. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. also some funny yeah. stuff where he allegedly sent in an editor to like steal the tapes to bring it out so he can work on it at home. <laughs> it's just crazy <laughs> shit. But it's like, it's true. Like we know people online who are part of this. Like the people that are trolling in Sarnoff and all the other leaders and stuff like that. It's so. I mean, it is the most toxic community i've ever seen and they blow star wars out of the water so you have a strange way of talking about self-starters who get stuff done this is like my mug this is like my mug shawty's feed my mug shawty's feed all over again they're always listing these things for these poor women they're like possession of a firearm and racketeering and i'm like self-motivated business <laughs> owner and <laughs> you too like what are you guys talking about on this feed uh, i mean it worked they uh, got yeah you're describing things but you know what as the most snyder verse bro on on this podcast i'll take that rap i'm not part of the campaign in any kind of way they were not paying me so i did not do anything um <laughs> but i did support them and they got it done. I mean, that's, that's the end, you know, the end. I don't know if it justified the means, but I'm happier with that four done. hour cut of justice league Snyder cut and that crazy yeah, Jared Leto ending. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm happier for having that and not just yeah, no justice league. So they got it done, but yeah. I never thought real people were getting up at three. Anytime <laughs> guys, <sighs> let daddy just break this down for you as I finish this gimlet. Okay. Like anytime you see something trending at three o'clock in the morning, 
like those are not real people. Those are okay? bots. Those yeah, are yeah. crazy people using bots and technology to make a to make the appearance that a topic is organically trending as you wake up in the morning. So that you go to Twitter and say the first thing is, oh, my God, Snyder Cut. Like, everybody's really on this. No, just a few lunatics at three in the morning with access to a lot of bots and false data information are are really into this. But, you know, those crazy people did something that may have inadvertently given us something beneficial. But, you know, and that's the hard gray. At what cost? That's the hard gray of this life, people. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference. I never forget some of these like record setting trends that happen on Twitter because of this nonsense. And there was like a million tweets in a day. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, there's a difference between like 900,000 people tweeting something and a few of them doing it twice. And then 10,000 people tweeting 30 times a day for a week straight. Like there's a, yeah. a zealot element to some of this, obviously. But um, that's a different story. Can I plug one more panel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So also in Hall H, the big panel, uh, we're hosting a big one. We're hosting another Directors on Directing. Steve uh, Weintraub at Collider has uh, a couple big directors up there. Tim Miller, who we love from Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Can we just stop? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 we're not done yet. Andrew Stanton, right? If you love John Carter, you're going to want to be in this panel. There's some stuff happening. And of course, the director of the John Wick films, Chad Stileski. So uh, you may speak now, Kofi. Well. (laughs) Thank you, my white sir. Um, let's see. Um, wow. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge how far you just skipped over. You're just like you just used the we, and then you were like talking about Steve from Collider. I remember in our old podcast, this was a very different world we were in when you were true discussing Steve Weintraub yeah. from Collider. But uh, I guess yeah, it's back a, when they were competitors, it was a we. Um, yeah. But I do say, I just, for, you know, forgive me at the end of each podcast, I just say, check out our stuff on CBR and Collider, but we never actually spoke about that. But yeah, so for those who don't know, I could break it down. But yes, yeah, so, so so for a while now. No, no, we'll let, uh, them, let them do the work, but I'll just yeah, research. You so casually threw yeah. that out there that I was just like, wait, what? Well, that's why even last week I was saying Comic-Con's a nightmare because I'm, I'm planning, I'm helping plan for like three different outlets plus two others, but three outlets that have like media rooms that are hosting interviews. And it's like the logistics of that, uh, people wise, transpo wise, like video wise, having three different outlets is a, uh, it's a logistical nightmare, right? So it's very challenging. Like it's a tough time to handle like one outlet and it's like trying to figure it out for three with 30, 35 people just for that three and a few others from other sites. It's, it's, it's nuts. So um, at the very least, like you said, Kofi, it's a bit, ended up being a big year. So I'm very happy we're, you know, putting our efforts into it in this way. But um, yeah, so the short of it is that Collider and comic book resources and Screaming for a long time now have been kind of a bit of a network. So um, I'm helping, I'm involved with all three the same way uh, Ben was for a while. So um, yeah. yeah, that's that. So that's one of our panels. We, we, we have a few others. We're also hosting the Prey screening. We didn't mention that. Like Disney is bringing, I think, Barbarian. They're going to do a screening of that, which is a smaller theatrical film starring Bill Skarsgård. comes out, I think, in August or September. And then Prey, which is a Hulu film we talked about before, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. They're doing their premiere there. Um, So we're hosting that screening and and giving out a couple hundred tickets. And we're going to be shuttling people from the Gaslamp District near the convention center down to the theater where that is. So uh, there's going to be Q&A and stuff there for fans. So that's going to be awesome because I'm a big fan of the Predator franchise. So. Yeah, and this has been Rob Key's first world problems minute. <laughs> we have too many jobs and too many yeah. successful sites to run. Yeah. The uh, oh, I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, oh, were you? Did you say you were? Are you able to talk about what you're doing yet, Kofi? You said there was something, and then you last episode Ooh. were like, "Oh, I can't talk about that." Oh no, I don't know if it's officially been announced yet. Actually, I forget. Uh, they're dropping some announcement soon. But yeah, no, I'm doing some right. stuff. Awesome. I'm doing, some, doing stuff. some stuff. Don't worry, it won't be about my podcast. I'm doing that from like a basement. But uh yeah. <laughs> at least my um, podcast. But we won't go into that whole thing. But um yeah, no, no, I got a job to do at Comic Con. So uh when I get back next week we'll talk about all that. I'll share with you guys yeah. my experiences doing the stuff Sweet. that I gotta do. Um and uh what all we saw, but uh yeah. Yeah, it's like um, I will ask you this, Kofi. 
Good. Sorry, yep. Ben. Um, no, no, go ahead. I don't know. I don't know your full con schedule, but I was going to ask you if you still have time to kind of explore the show floor because we always seem to find hidden gems there. I think I'll be out there. Yeah, I'm going to be back outside. Cool. So I'll be taking a look at the show floor and doing that uh, whole thing. Yeah, gotta see, gotta see what's out there. Sweet. You gonna? Are you like gonna try and buy any merch while you're there? I my dad always back. You know when when I used to go all the time, my dad always made me go to like he always had something like at the Hasbro booth or at the like Mattel booth that he wanted. I'd have to stand in those fucking lines and try and like get in on these like you know like I don't know some He Man collectible or some Hot Wheels car or some Transformer Sonic screwdrivers all day. Come on now. Okay, well, hey, yeah, well, I mean, I like it's one thing if I'm standing in line for my own shit, but like, oh, my dad would always also buy that. From that. <laughs> my, no, you know what the hardest thing that what it ever was to get home that my dad made me buy when we were at Comic Con was they had that one set of Indiana Jones action figures one year. I think it was like 2016 or no, nah, maybe I don't remember when it was, but it came in a giant box. It was like probably like two feet tall, but it was only like an inch and a half wide and i remember trying to get that into my luggage without freaking destroying it was like giving me anxiety for the last day and a half of comic-con because i like wanted to get back to him in mint condition i should have shipped that shit i think i did successfully get it back without damaging it but nice there's a lot of packing my dirty laundry around it and stuff yeah, I made the mistake the first couple of years of like on Sunday, like a lot of the booths like try to sell stuff cheap just to so they don't have to ship it back out. And I would go yeah. around buying like the 75% off hardcover and you know, collections and stuff like that. And it was like, oh my, what am I doing? This is so heavy, it's not worth the savings. <laughs> but I stopped doing that after two years. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Kofi, have a good time, safe travels. We'll talk to you when you get back. I feel like there was a question somewhere in there for me. Oh, was there? Uh, oh, if you're going <laughs> to shop for merch. Yeah, there you go. There yeah, it you um, yes, I have kids now. Yes, I have kids now. Not for myself, but I have kids now. So, yeah. There you go. Um, that was just an excuse for me to complain about my dad making me <laughs> buy stuff and me having to get it home. Um, all right. Well, safe travels, Kofi. We'll look forward to talking to you when we get back. We'll be excited to see if there are any big announcements. We'll see if Marvel can, uh, can recapture their Comic-Con magic. And if we get any cool surprises at DC's, uh, the WB panel, but that'll do it for this week's episode of podcast X. Um, you can follow me at Ben Kendrick. That's B E N K E N D R I C K. Uh, check out what I'm doing over at rise at seven. My co-host, Mr. Rob Keys. You can find me on Twitter at Rob underscore Keys. It's K-E-Y-E-S. And you can find our stuff on Collider, ScreenMate, CBR. It's going to be a big week for all of our sites and our friends. And I hope everyone has an awesome time. Yeah, it's awesome. And special guest, Kofi Outlaw. You can find me on my regular job over at comicbook.com, dropping the words and hosting a podcast, Comic Book Nation, uh, which is your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. Every week over there, live streaming on your favorite live stream platforms and available on all your favorite podcast platforms and streaming on the excellent Paramount Plus, which will have plenty of comment on a comment, plenty of content at San Diego Comic Con. Some of it possibly involving me. We shall see. (laughs) We'll look forward to that. Uh, That'll do it. Have a good week, guys. Have a good Comic Con. We'll talk to you all next week. (laughs) 